thank you for connecting to the media product of LifeGate Church. Pastor Brian Gallardo prays as this product goes out into the nations, that it empowers your faith, stirs your spirit, and pushes you towards your God-given destiny. For more information, please go to www.lifegatekc.org. Genesis 32, verse 24 through 31 says this. So Jacob was left alone, and a man, everyone say a man. Amen. Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak. When the man saw, everyone say the man. Amen. When the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with, everyone say the man. Amen. Then the man, everyone say the man, Amen. said, let me go. For it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go until you bless me. So the man, everybody say the man. The man asked him, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. Now he wouldn't ask him because he didn't know. He wouldn't hear what he had to say about himself. See, sometimes God will say, what do you think about this? And see what you're going to say. He already knows what you're going to say. It's almost as if to say, yeah, you just said that out of your mouth, you silly person. Right? Okay. Everyone say the man. Verse 28, then the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans. Ever you struggled with God and with humans, God and humans? Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. So Jacob called the place Peniel, saying, it is because I saw God. Everyone say God. God. Everyone say man. man. Do you see that? Yeah. At first he saw man. But now he's saying he's calling that man God, face to face, and yet my life was spared. The sun rose above him, and he passed by Peniel, and he was limping. The rest of, he limped the rest of his life because of his hip. Jacob wrestled with God. Jacob struggled with God. Jacob was blind to see God, but he came out a little different. I want to talk to you tonight entitled, I'm Coming Out Limping. I'm Coming Out Limping. So what you do, I want you to reach over, take that neighbor by the hand. There's just a real soft presence of the Lord here tonight. You can close your Bibles. We, we won't be, uh, I'll be touching and going through the scripture. As soon as we get done praying, Ben, just kind of, you can kind of fade out, but don't go too far because we're going we're gonna to get right back in this vein here in a minute. I'm not going to, they used to say in the church, I'm not going to be before you too long. And uh, I'm not going to tell you that because I don't know what's going to happen. Praise God. All right. Father, I thank you for your precious presence tonight. Lord, I know because you gave me this to give to them that there's a lot of heavy people here tonight, a lot of hurting people. Lord, I pray tonight, Lord, as I communicate what you gave me to give to them. There's a lot of people, they have smiles on their faces, but inside they're hurting. There's a lot of people that are, they, they, they appear to be full of joy, but when they go home, they go to a dark place. They go to the Valley of Becca. And Lord, I pray tonight, God, as I minister life to these precious people who are here that are in the desert like Jacob, in the middle of the night all by themselves internally, God, I pray that you can help me, God, to encourage them. Holy Spirit, you, you are my paraclete, you are my comforter, you are my helper. You lead us and guide us into all truth. And tonight I pray you would help me to lead your precious ones and guide them into healing, restoration, and hope for tomorrow. In the name of Jesus, and the people said amen. Before you're seated, can you reach over to two people and just love on them and tell them you're going to come out of this thing? Online campus, I'm glad you're tuning in tonight. God's got something special for you. If I say something that ministers to you, comment it in the comment section. I want to know who you are. Tell us where you're watching from. We want to see you in that comment section below. Amen. So good to see everyone tonight. 
Um, Jacob, I want to I lay a little bit of foundation before we jump right into it. And if you could do me a huge favor, look at your neighbor and say, huge favor. If you got a bladder problem, we will pray for you after church at the altar. Praise God. No, I know some people might have. I say that somebody might have a bladder problem. My God, now I'm a jerk pastor. Help me, Jesus. But if you can't hold it because you're bored, you need a breath mint, you know, you got spiritual ADHD, whatever the case may be. If that's you, please don't normally sit in the middle of the sanctuary. You're so distracting. I forget what I'm talking about when that happens. And if you do happen to need to go to the bathroom, you know, see Brother Birdo back there, sit by him. Don't come all the way back down to the front and sit in the middle of the sanctuary. Can I get an amen? Yeah. So look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, yeah. if you got to go to the bathroom during service, just hold it. Pastor won't be before it's long. Y'all didn't say that. Say that to your neighbor. Say, Pastor won't be before it's long. So if you need a smoke break, a drink break, a mint break, a potty break, stay right here in Jesus' name. All right. Praise the Lord, everybody. God is so good. Okay, Jacob, this guy, I, I want to paint this picture of this guy because you have to know Jacob, okay? Jacob was a very determined person. He was ruthless in his approach. He was a, a carrier of, of a not-so-good reputation. He wasn't really a good guy. They knew him to be a con artist, a street hustler, a liar, an emotional and master manipulator. That was Jacob. His name, Jacob, literally means supplanter. It means to take out the plant. It means to deceive you when you're looking the other way and take it away. It means he who grabs a hold of when you ain't looking. If your name is Jacob, no condemnation. <laughs> My God. Oh, Lord, hopefully there's no Jacobs in this church tonight. Oh, Father, help me. I'm offending everybody. Okay. Jacob, I want you to know about Jacob. He lived a life of struggle because of his deception. He was always depressed and anxious. You know, we fight depression because we're upset about our past. Jacob fought depression because he was upset about how he stole from his family. But he was anxious. You see, we get anxious about what we can't control in our future. Some of you are depressed about your yesterday, and you're anxious about what well, you ain't even walked into yet. That silly Instagram gospel that says that's why it's called the present, so you can enjoy it and have a present. <laughs> Jacob leaves one family, runs from him, because his brother's trying to kill him. And he walks into another family who's got another daddy who is another abuser. Laban emotionally manipulates Jacob and tricks the tricker into serving seven years for a wife. Her name was Rachel. They get married. Jacob had a lot of wine that night, was intoxicated, goes to sleep with Rachel. So that's why alcohol is so bad. Alcohol is so bad because you be doing stuff you don't know what you're doing. Jacob wakes up the next day, and the Bible said that Rachel was fine, but said that Leah was fair-eyed. That means she was ugly. If your name's Leah, no condemnation. Praise God. That's what the Bible says. She was fair-eyed. It means she was ugly. You, so ugly. Okay, she was ugly. 
Jacob wakes up and looks at her and says, my God, who are you? And he had to work another seven years to marry wife number two, Jacob. Nothing goes good for him. Somebody said, well, he's, he's reaping what he sowed. You're right. He, he did reap what he sowed. But can't you agree with me? Sometimes we reap what we sow, and we hate that we're sowing what we, we hate that we sowed, and now we're reaping. Can't you agree with me that sometimes our past mistakes, we wish we never were there before? And so here's Jacob. I don't believe Jacob was happy saying, oh, praise God, I stole my birthright from my brother. And praise God, they all hate my guts. And praise God, he's coming to kill me. I don't believe Jacob was there. I believe Jacob was at a point where he was saying, I hate who I am. I'm reaping a harvest of what I sowed. Esau is is angry at him and Jacob grabs Rachel, grabs Leah and he flees from his father-in-law Laban. So now Laban is trying to come for him and Esau, his brother, is trying to come for him. Esau is bitter at him. He's mad at him. He's looking to kill him because if you don't know the story, when they were little boys, Jacob deceived uh, Esau into getting the father's inheritance and blessing out of his world and then he ran away from the family. Stole the money and ran from his own brother. Jacob was afraid of his brother. So what he did was he said, you know what? I'm going to try, try to restore this. I'm going to send him gifts, women. I don't know why he sent him children, but he sent him children. But, no, no, I mean, like, 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 like I don't think he would want somebody else's kids. So, so, so Jacob said, I'm going to send you my kids. I'm going to send you my wives. I'm going to send you my money and my gifts. Y'all, I'm not saying little kids aren't good to have. That's not what I'm saying. I mean, come on, grandparents. You wouldn't want your child to bring you your grandkid when they're a month old. Say, see you later. I'm going to Africa for six years. Why y'all looking at me funny? We love kids. Come on. There are, we love our kids, don't we? Come on. They're all, we love y'all. Everybody say, we love y'all. Y'all leave, leave me alone. Y'all know what I meant. Okay. Jacob has lost everything. He leaves Laban's house and he runs out to a desert. And he sends his family away. And here he is all by himself in the middle of the night next to a dried up river. If you've never been in a desert at nighttime, it's freezing cold. It could be 120 during the day and 30 at night. It's freezing, dangerous, hypothermia, cold. Jacob is... Laying there on the ground in the middle of the night, I'm talking like scorpions, I'm talking like tarantulas, snakes. Y'all know how I feel about snakes. The devil is like, I'm talking like wolves and coyotes and nothing but mother nature, animals, the sand, and the stars above his head. That would be kind of creepy. If you've been camping in the middle of the night by yourself, which I have, so I hiked in about three miles into a trail and camped all by myself and I couldn't get the fire to start. See? See? Jacob. Jacob was at the lowest of his low. The broken of brokenness. Anxious and depression. Isolation, deep darkness. No dark, no, no, no flashlight, no street signs. And if you're anything me, I like to use my iPhone to distract me away from depression. I like for scrolling to distract me away from painting. Painting. 
Nobody else? Me? I'm the only one I hear? Okay. I personally was raised in a faith environment. My grandparents are people of God. Holiness, praying, living. Can't have nothing, you know, kind of holiness people. And uh, I'm a faith preacher. This is a faith church. Them chairs you're sitting on, faith got those. We didn't pay for, we've not paid for a chair in this church since we've ever started this church. Faith church. I believe scripture, all things work together for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. I believe there's going to be a light at the end of the tunnel. If the itsy bitsy spider could crawl again, so will you. I believe God will flip the script on our behalf because I believe he is the God of the turnaround. I believe God turns chaos into order, dark into light, sickness into healing. I believe God will raise the dead, and I, be I believe all of that. Yeah. Believe all of it. But the older I get, I'm learning a new attribute of our precious Father. Sometimes he lets us go through it to show us a side of his goodness. Sometimes he won't remove the pain. You just got to go through it. Sometimes, Jacob, you'll limp with the scar for the rest of your life of a memory of how that changed you. Come on in here. Amen. You'll go through a thing and you'll remember, I remember God didn't leave me there. Come on in here. I remember going through the valley, but I didn't die. I remember God didn't deliver me from it, but he sure was faithful in it. I remember he was my comfort there. I remember he was the peace in the middle of the storm. Come on, Jacob. I remember that he was kind to me when others weren't. I remember he never let my hand go when I could feel the fires burning beneath my feet. I remember that he was with me in the fight. I remember he was with me in the battle. I remember he was with me in the pain. I have now seen and beheld God is good coming out limping see in our culture our culture our culture so I was trying to preach Chris okay okay he's my preaching buddy I remember I remember see in our culture we think that anything that's painful is 100% bad it must not be God. Where there's smoke, there's fire. It must not be God because God wouldn't be in somebody suffering like that. Huh? Here's what I know about pain. Pain can become your friend. <laughs> You're looking at me funny. Pain brings growth. Ask a mama on a labor table when she's giving birth to a baby. Sure, in that moment, it hurts. But ask her about two minutes after that baby comes out. It'll be tears of joy. Joy will flood the room. Excitement will fill the room. Why? Because pain brings growth. Let me take it further. Pain, if you work it right, can bring blessing. Pain gives you muscles. Pain makes you lose weight. Come on in here. Help me in here. It's painful to lose weight. Pain. Come on now. Pain. Pain will allow you to cut toxic people out of your life. It's painful to say no. But here's what I know about pain. It'll make you better if you keep your heart right. Come on in here. 
David. Help me, Jesus. David's son Absalom dies. And he begins to grieve in pain. Parents are supposed to out, not outlive their children. Children are supposed to outlive their parents. And David loved his son Absalom. And he gathered his leaders together and began to pray for David. Or they began to pray for David and encourage David. And David said, I just can't stay here anymore. He goes to a place called the Valley of Becca, which means, Becca means dark place, just like Jacob. And in that dark place, he made up his mind, I'm not staying here. He said, y'all go on ahead of me. I just got to handle this dark season for a minute. And the Bible said David picked himself up, and he went to the hill of the top of that mountain, and he began to worship. God didn't deliver him from losing his son. Y'all are looking at me. Y'all faith people. Come on now. You don't, don't, make, don't let this mess with me. I'm just telling God ain't going to deliver you from everything. You can pray and try to manipulate God all you want to and scream and plead and pound the walls. God, it's a God, sometimes God just says no. I was sharing with my beautiful daughter today, Bishop Hart's first wife died of cancer. And I don't think he'd care if I shared this story. I don't think he would. I feel okay about it. He, he stood at the funeral at the, at, at the casket. And he would not let one person say, sorry about your loss. It's going to get easier. He said, no, she's going to get out of that grave. She's going to get out of this casket. Don't speak any doubt in my mind. He laid over her casket and wailed and pleaded God to raise her from the dead. And it never happened. Why? Because sometimes in life, you're going to go through pain. And, and you can't have a false hope or a false reality that pain's never going to come your way. Because in this world, Jesus, our Lord, said, you will have many tribulations. Here's where the faith comes in. But be of good joy. Be of good courage. I've overcome the world. Look at your neighbor. Say, you look all right limping. It's okay. Many of you in this room, you ask yourself, where is God when I miscarried? Where, where, where was God when my, my, my loved one had an abortion and we were left now to pick up the pieces? Where... God, where, where were you when he cheated on me and divorced me? God, where were you when my dad walked out on me? Where were you when he cheated on me? Where were you when she betrayed me? Where were you when they foreclosed on my home and had to repo my car? Where were you when they died? Where were you when they lied? Where were you when I couldn't pick my head up off the floor? Come on in here. I, I, I'm not going to go to my notes. It's okay. I'm already kind of just feeling the Holy Ghost pretty strong. Where were you? Can I encourage you tonight that all of us are going to wrestle? We're all going to wrestle. We're all going to go through things in life. We're all going to go through pains in life that just wrench our gut and make us have to continue to keep godly integrity and make us have to keep getting up in the morning when we feel like ending everything. I don't know who I'm talking to in here. Many of us in this room think that I'm no good. God must be against me. God must not be for me. Where are you, God? That's my cry. That's my plea. But what I want you to know today is he does not view you like we 
view ourselves. God views us differently. God's his create the creative power is on the inside of you. God is omnipotent, which means he is full of potential. And with full of potential is God, then full of potential is on the inside of you. Potential means you're going to make it. Potential means if you keep your hope, keep your faith, keep on limping, keep on walking, even if you can't walk straight, come on, even if you're limping and it hurts, I'm here to tell you today, if you trust in God, keep wrestling, keep to- keep toiling, keep believing, don't beat up what God is trying to lift up. And some of you here are trying to beat yourself up here and God is trying to, yes, you made a mistake. Yes, you did something dumb, but it's time to come out limping. We all wrestle. We all wrestle. And, And Jacob thought he was wrestling with man, but he was really wrestling with God. And some of us think we're wrestling with fleshly things when really God is just trying to get our obedience. He's really trying to get our obedience. He's told you and you said no. And he's told you something opposite and you said yes. And here you are wrestling. Why are the heavens silent? He already told you what to do. Jacob then went into a struggle place. He began to struggle. You struggle. I struggle. We struggle. What do we struggle with? Now, let's just be real. The Bible said that that Jacob, he struggled with God and he struggled with man. How can a patriarch of faith, whom God's changed his name from Jacob, deceiver to Israel, which means kingship, prince of God, change, literally changes his name. And now you're struggling with God. Well, I don't know about you. I relate more to Jacob than I do God. In this story. My faith is weak sometimes. I know, I know some of you that have a hyper-spiritual mask on can't admit it, but you, you're, you do too. I, I live a life sometimes of why. Does anybody else question or have questions for the Lord? Like, Lord, like, like I don't understand, God. Like, why, why am I going through this? Like, why, why did my dad leave me, Lord? Like, that don't make no sense. Like, why was I molested when I was in the fourth grade and it messed up my mind for about 10, 15, 20 years until I got professional help? That don't make no sense. Why was I raised this way? Why was I exposed to this as a child? Why wasn't I protected by fill in the blank? Why did it happen? Why didn't I matter, God, to you, to you? See, we struggle with God. Come on in here. That's really what we're saying. Why, 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 why did you require me to go through that? Why, why did that hurt? Why did that miscarry happen? Why didn't we have any more kids? God, why? You're, you're supreme. You spoke and the stars were flung into their sockets. You spoke and, and the valleys were carpeted in green pasture. You spoke and out of the dust of the ground, a hand began to come out of the, you spoke. Here I am. I'm struggling with you. Jacob struggled his whole life. He left his dad early. And he walks into a relationship now with an abusive dad. So Jacob had a natural father pain that turned into a heavenly father confusion. I don't know about you. I've been there before. Come on in here. Limping. 
Does God love me? Limping on the way to church. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I don't know if I believe this song. Oh, my soul. Jira, you are enough. I don't know if I believe that, Lord. I'm struggling with you. Anybody ever else been like a patriarch of the faith and struggled with God? Y'all lying if you say no. Oh, not me, brother. I've been to theological Bible college. I've got my doctorate degree in theology. I know God. <laughs> got more degrees than a thermometer. Your name's Dr. Dumbbell. You know a lot. Sitting there stroking your overly theological goatee. We got you. That was pretty good. You know, you know why we struggle with God and why we wrestle? That he actually changed our name and made us something different because we're all blinded at times. Jacob said, I wrestled with the man. I wrestled with the man. And the man touched the hip of my socket. And he says, I'm going to change your name. And all of a sudden, Jacob realizes this ain't no man. This is God. It was God the entire time. And you couldn't see it. His pain that he carried blinded him. You got to be careful when you're going through pain. You got to be careful. My counselor told me this week, you got to be careful. Don't forget to strengthen those who remain. Because pain will make you do some silly things. Pain will make you say what you shouldn't say. Pain will make you do what you shouldn't do. Pain will make you go where you shouldn't go. Hello. Pain will make you smoke where you shouldn't smoke. Right? Pain to make you call that old booth saying, hey, baby, I'm just feeling away. Why don't you come over tonight? You better be careful what you're doing in the middle of pain. When we are going through our greatest pain and we get blinded, we in that moment, I don't know about you, but for me, we in that moment can't see God. I can't see God when I'm struggling. Can you? I, I can't see him working. I, I'm like, God, what are you doing? I don't even know what you're doing. Like, am, I, am, I, am I even called? I mean, I know I am. I'm just saying. All these things. Who am I? God! Are you blind? Right here in Kansas City. God, are you deaf? You need a hearing aid from First Rite Aid or CVS. I have pushed my help. I've fallen and I can't get up, but you're not responding to me. They say at church, you're my doctor in the surgery room. You're my lawyer in the courtroom, but you have exited the building. Here's what I've learned. Our greatest places of pain, if we allow it, we can't see it, but our greatest places of pain are God's greatest display of his presence. Let me explain to you something in this quote here. The last 12 months, we've hurt as a church. Amen. It's okay. We, we got to talk about things sometimes. We've been hurting. We've been grieving. I haven't felt confident to stand behind this pulpit. I didn't feel good enough. I've been battling shame. I'm, I feel like I'm not any good. Somebody else probably could do it better. All these things, you know, I get bombarded with my mind. And then, then the, the grieving of missing who I love dearly. You know what God shared with me? He said, where do you think I am? I said, I don't know, Lord. He said, I'm in the pulpit waiting on you. You didn't hear me. 
I'd say, God, I don't know if I can pastor. I don't think I'm any good. He said to me, you know where I am? I said, no, sir. He obviously in my house. I mean, I didn't, he is. I'm just, that's just our conversation. He said, I'm at 2911 Blue Ridge Boulevard in your office waiting on you to pastor these people. Uh-huh. And many of you here tonight say, what's that got to do with me? You're struggling with the same type of thing, but different category. I'm no good as a wife because my husband left me. And God is saying to you, hey, he was the wrong one. I'm simply waiting on you. In faith, you ought to just go up at the bridal shop and get your own gift card because that's where I am. Well, you're looking at me funny. Pastor, we miscarried a baby. Where is God? He's inside of that miscarriage. So what are you talking about? Because that pain gives another young woman who's had a miscarriage recently ministry and hope that they can. I don't know why I keep talking about miscarriages. God's going to heal that tonight. Yeah, God's going to heal that tonight. Some of you in this room, you've lost a son or a daughter. How can God be in that? Let me tell you today. God can be found in that pain if you refuse, if you take the blinders off. There's nothing like, listen, I, I get so much joy. Now, I'm, I'm pretty whole as far as the fatherless issue. I have confidence that my father loves me. But when I stand behind a pulpit at youth conferences and I talk about the heavenly father and see fatherless kids bum rush the pulpit to be prayed for for that wound, there is ministry in my misery. God is there. Come on in here. I know you've been through hell, but God is in there. Greg and Rachel, I've been, I've been asking the Lord, Father, heal their lives. They need an overhaul. They need like a transmission replacement. I mean, really, Greg needs a transplant. But the people that they've ministered to along the way, they don't want to pay that painful price. It's painful. But the people Greg and Rachel have touched and ministered to, some have been in this church. Through the pain. And number four, the fourth thing it does, and Ben, you can start playing because we're going to minister to people tonight. The fourth thing it does is pain will forever, it'll mark us, won't it? But there's a difference between an open cut and a scar. An open cut means in your soul, you better go to the counselor tomorrow. you gash your leg open, you got to go to the hospital immediately. You got to nurse that thing back to healing, right? Back to health. But there comes a time when it's completely healed, but when you glance at it, you remember. And here's what the Lord is dealing with me in my heart, in my world. When the years come to pass and I glance back at the things in my world that have hurt me, I'm going to say, Lord, I thank you for healing that. I thank you for restoring everybody involved with that. Come on in here. When I look back and think about my dad who committed suicide, I thank you, Lord, that I healed from that 
and that now my testimony can burn for people in the, in the world. That if God brought me through that, God can bring you through this. Come on. When, when worldly doctors try to plague me with the same stuff my father was plagued with emotionally, I can say, no, uh-uh, uh-uh. Nope, uh-uh, nope, nope, uh-uh, uh-uh. God healed me of that. God set me free of that. And every generational cycle is broken. And so, Lord, I thank you that in that painful report, you're there. Come on in here. See, how do you say that, Pastor? Because I'm limping. But at least I'm walking. <laughs> Tonight you may be here and you may be limping eternally. You come to church with a smile on your face. Everything's good. But you go back to Becca. You go back to kick it with Jacob on the side of a dried up brook in the middle of the, the desert in a dark place. And that's where some of you are going to go tonight if this message had not intervened for you. You can, you can limp, but you're going to move forward. You can be crushed, but you're going to move forward. You can't, you can't build a house in the valley of the shadow of death. You have to keep on limping. Keep on limping. Keep on you ready for this? Come on, Jesus. Keep on showing your scars. I don't believe it's you, Lord. I don't believe it's really you. I don't believe it's you. I don't really believe that's true. You, no, wait, no, wait, uh -huh, let me show you. Look, 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 it really happened to me, Jesus. You know why Jesus showed him his scars? To give us hope, to not be embarrassed of our scars. And some of y'all are so embarrassed about your testimony, you need to be loose of that silly spirit. It's manipulative. You need to be free of the Spirit. says, I can't tell my ta I can't tell what the Lord's done. What? He's been good. And the limp is an indicator you didn't die in the valley. 